Another lovely day on the podcast as Dylan and Andrew come together to record, but something different is happening. Maybe if we listen closely, we can hear what's going on. Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here this week to talk about episode 50, Karen. Wow. You know, at the episode, I mean, episode 50 feels like a big mark in the show's history as far as the amount of content they put out. This is quite the way to punctuate it. <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's a totally chill episode that you know was was great to listen to at uh, at my desk while I was uh, eating my lunch today. Yeah, yeah, it's like for for the uneducated audience, it's it's a little bit more depressing than do or diet, but like not that much. <laughs> Oh man, we can't we can't do we can't do that many bits on this episode. I'm just not gonna have it in me. No, so, no, certainly. So look, the 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 story with it is it's it's an episode written and directed by Paul McCusker. Mm-hmm. Um, it first aired November 26th of 1988. Um, and it's the 10th episode in our like Connie Year One arc which has been marked by a lot of episodes that barely include Connie, including, <laughs> including this, this one. one. Which um, I felt like was a much larger catalyst in her story. But maybe... I don't know. We'll find out. In Connie Part episode. 1 and Part 2. Yes. Yep. Um, oh, it's the same album. Oh, it totally is. We're, we're, we're coming down the home stretch here. But, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heavy one. Yes. So we have um we have cast wise for this episode um yeah just I mean some of, some of our classics being you know Katie Lee Hal Smith we've got Azure Janowski playing Donna um returning favorite this is the first episode in which Patricia Albrecht voices Mary Barkley oh she's Mary then for a stretch but is not the final Mary yeah like this is. Um, this would be the visitors, Mary, mm-hmm. but not Pastor George Barclay, Barclay Mary. Correct. Yeah. Um, Pope but Mary we talked Barclay. about her because last episode she voiced um, uh, uh, Agnes. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and here she is playing both Mary and the nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah, we also have um. Oh, oh, we have Sage Bolte as Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, a fantastic performance, in my opinion. Sage is the daughter of Chuck Bolte, executive wow. producer at this point. Jeez. Um, and she will go on to be Robin Jacobs. Really? Correct. Wow. Congratulations. Really making making the most out of what she was given to start out with. Is this her first episode on the show? Like her earliest? Uh, that's a great question. It might be. Apparently she was in Dental Dilemma, Doing Unto Others. Okay, so the answer is no. Yeah. We, we don't got need four, to recap four pre-episodes. Yeah, uh, five actually. Uh, but but yeah, so it's not, not, not her first appearance, but you know, early, early one, whatever. Um, also, I 100% lied and I'm dumb. What'd you say? What'd you lie? So Julia Kazarian is the one who, who played Agnes, Agnes, and she in this episode is playing Mrs. Murray. Mm-hmm. Patricia Albrecht did not play Agnes. 
that was me making a mistake. She just plays Mary in this and the next, like, four Mary appearances. Mm -hmm. And I was also wrong when I said she's the Visitors. She is not Mary in The Visitors. She is Mary in Peace on Earth, um, which is another Christmas episode. But we have a different Mary by the time we get to The Visitors. Yes. Because they cannot lock down a Mary. This is Mary's second appearance, her second actress, and she will have two more after this. That is really actually astonishing considering the show's track record like considering their track record but once again it's like early show plays by different rules true true because we also have like we have the thing where like a kid plays a kid Mm -hmm. who's just like like we have brian williams as a kid named david and joseph camarado as a as just an unnamed boy um in the audience and both of those are just like the kid actors in the early days who get pulled in to play kids a couple times. Um, and then uh, I guess our only other person of note is Walker Edmonston playing Mr. Roth, who mm. is the uh, teacher slash play director yeah. kind of dude. Um, and then Chuck Bolte and Bob Luttrell both have bit pieces to kind of round us out. But, but yeah, it's a... It's a Paul McCusker episode. Did we say that? I did. Okay, cool. And I I think, and we'll we'll obviously be talking about it as we go on, but I think it's an episode with a really stacked cast, not necessarily in writing, but in what they're able to perform. Certainly. And I think a really important piece of that, um, that is, yeah, I don't know, incredibly interesting. Uh, This episode comes based off a... um, an experience that Chuck Bolte and his daughter Sage had. Oh, okay. In which, like, she had a friend, a friend who passed away. Wow. Um, when she was yeah young, and okay, I feel much is, better about her participating. And in this obviously, now. <laughs> is still young at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And to be, to then be cast as that friend, is. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's a that's a bold that's a move. big ask. <laughs> yeah, that is. Like, I really I'm, hope she was excited about it and wanted or, to do yeah, it. Yeah, or even if not excited, was yeah, was just motivated. I should yes. say. Like, I I want to make sure it, she was independently desiring of this to happen it wasn't yeah. chuck being like hey so uh i know that thing happened but um would you yeah. mind doing the same thing again yeah, like, <laughs> right like i have to i have to hope that the people involved were not exploiting the situation but he's got such a good dad voice chuck bolty I, mm. I can't imagine he's a terrible dad yeah i mean he's he, he's he's an executive producer for focus on the family if there's anything there they are it's good parents that's yes the obviously yes <laughs> of of their name and dads especially mm, but like yes. but yeah it is it's a where did you hear about this actually where did i hear about what that it was that it was oh um, it's in the official guide okay complete cool, guide. Cool, cool. um but yeah it is it's yeah, it's just, it's an interesting wrinkle here, and I think it colors, like, I think, I think Sage Bolte playing Karen 
is incredible in yeah. this episode. So I good. I think it is an unbelievably good performance. For somebody that's not a professional voice actor, I right. never would have known. And that's, yeah, it just, it stood out to me so much listening to it. It I haven't listened to a Robin episode in recent enough to know. It doesn't, I don't hear that voice and think Robin. Um, no. Though maybe if I listened to him back to back, I'd be like, okay, I can kind of pick through it. Sounds like young but Robin yeah. maybe, but. But yeah, and I don't, like I said, I don't know what her age was at the time of this, but I am assuming she was a child. Yeah. Actually, now that I say that, I bet I can find pictures of her from In around about this area. Yeah. Um, around about. I was just editing up editing an episode last night mm-hmm. in which I said area instead of era. And oh. now I just did it on air. Yeah. <laughs> it's live. We can't edit these. Yep. Oh. Oh, wait. No. There we go. Okay. Pictures in the back. Can I find a picture of Sage Volte that is time stamped? Probably. Hey, there is a picture of Sage Bolte, who is very much a child. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What's what's yeah. what's your guesstimate, uh, age-wise? So I, I would say in that one, she is early teens, like, early to mid-teens, probably. It's hard to tell because of the era, but also that's, I assume, like, this is her, this is earlier than that picture, mm, would be my hunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that one's even tagged as Robin, who's a character who isn't on the show yet yes so yeah. like yeah it. my money's on nine paul mccusker no, please I, confirm I, this bet. I think she is older than nine ten uh i would say she's during this episode yeah. based off that and my own just dumb mental math whatever she's quite possibly like 12 yeah five. that was that was my thought was somewhere in between 10 and 12 yeah and she's right possibly playing someone younger it's always it's a bit ambiguous although i'd say that's probably about right because of Mm -hmm. where we are at with donna Mm -hmm. being yeah definitely not a middle schooler right or like or maybe she's a middle schooler at this point because jimmy is so young yeah but it's that thing of like, okay, we can always go like Donna's older than Jimmy. Jimmy's probably in elementary school. This is, I'm guessing, middle school. Actually, it is middle school. Yeah. Because the they specifically say about the about the performance being middle school. Mm. So, so yeah, she is probably playing her age or very close there too in this episode. Do we have a promo for this episode? We do, in fact, have a promo. I'm a little scared. Yeah. There's Donna. Hey, Donna. How's Karen doing? I don't know. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Donna Barclay learns an important truth about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Mr. Whitaker and I are going to see her now. You're going to the hospital? Yeah. I hate hospitals. It's a heartfelt and uplifting story about death and life next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that could have been so much worse. <laughs> I feel like, no, I feel like that's exactly how you market this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, wow. This is going to be interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before we get into it, you are the hero's expert. What was like, did you listen to this episode a lot growing up? Like, did you have a lot of affection for this episode despite its topic? Mm. So, 
Yeah, I did. Like, I did listen to it a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. It is on the CD release. It is this episode, then Connie Part 1, then Connie Part 2. Oh, okay. And sure I was wasn't there. much of a pick-and-choose like specific tracks off a cd Mm -hmm. it was like you put in the cd yeah and so i listened to this episode a lot and i i have maybe some vague recollection of it affecting me but not really yeah it was just a thing like it was just a story i listened to Mm -hmm. today on the other hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah i this was this episode is really well crafted it's brutal and so heartbreaking and yeah i alluded to it in the in the intro here but like i was sitting at my desk fighting back tears Mm -hmm. during my lunch break today yeah because there are just some yeah no i i was fighting back tears during my uh first listen through (laughs) brilliant moments of yeah of this of this story and it just yeah it's maybe i don't know like it's it's got it's it's got its cliches and it's got whatever but yeah, i but am whatever but <laughs> exactly but i think it's i think it's very i think it's very effective and i think it even if it is addressing these things in somewhat idealized circumstances mm-hmm. it is still addressing them with a lot of maturity but still in a way that kids could grasp and yeah. i really appreciate that well and that that is an art form in and of itself i think um you know being able to approach really complicated topics in a way that is honest but also meeting kids where they're at um, developmentally to help them understand it. And yeah, we'll we'll get into the specifics as to why, but I, I totally agree. I feel like this episode walked the line in the way that, you know, Mr. Rogers is so praised mm-hmm. for doing, like when he talks about divorce and war and all of this stuff, where it's like he's... They're engaging in it. We're putting narratives to this. These are familiar characters that are compelling, um, but we're not we're not mincing anything. We're not just saying, "Oh, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it." You know, there's going to be a time when, like, yeah, just get over it. Like it'll be fine in time. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. And it it starts out with with a Chris intro mm-hmm. that is more downtrodden yeah and where she says like we're gonna be getting into she reads she reads psalm 23 for six verses it wasn't even a parental warning it was like a sad warning (laughs) yeah but she was but but she was like this one deals with heavy themes yeah listen with your parents which good call (laughs) yeah yeah i i agree i didn't do that but i mean it would be emotionally responsible to yeah um but yeah and we we start out with these two kids Mm -hmm. who are get to be kind of our rosencrantz and guildenstern for the uh for the episode they fill us in on the background they're a bit like clownish they're Mm -hmm. removed enough from the story 
um, but th- that they can kind of be our, yeah, they can kind of function as our POVs. They're good mm-hmm. set dressing. It's, yeah. it's obviously Shakespeare knew what he was doing, and these guys knew it well enough to rip off Shakespeare <laughs> with with this kind of a thing. But you can like, it just rip off somebody worse. But it just, yeah, it sets it sets up things well, mm-hmm. and and yeah, they they kind of fill us in on there being yeah this girl in their school named karen who has bone cancer um which is interesting phrasing like leukemia is bone cancer right like that's no i think leukemia is blood oh is leukemia blood i'm looking at right what is it called doesn't have a clear name well then they made the right choice (laughs) if i if i didn't know the name then then we're then we're good i just i i mean leukemia's got such a close like association with children that that's where my mind immediately went but yeah i think i think you are right about that being blood so oh no you're right no it is bone cancer leukemia is cancer that develops in the bone marrow Ah. and spongy tissue inside the bones well look at that i was right about something Great on job, this buddy. podcast? Well, on a medical thing? Excellent work. Yeah. Hey. So, so yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, going with bone cancer is, yeah, it is probably a more for kids thing, whatever, yeah. and is not a criticism of the show. I was just like, oh right, and maybe it's a thing of the time too. I don't yeah. know. I was just yeah. like, oh right, leukemia. Like, if a kid's gonna get cancer, it's probably bone, gonna yeah. be leukemia. It's really interesting because most of the people that i've met that had cancer young most of them had uh like testicular cancer honestly (laughs) like a large portion of them had had some sort of genitalia cancer um so yeah no this all i know is that leukemia is very bad yeah yeah and uh it definitely calling it bone cancer it conveys the severity in a way that kids can understand which is important yeah Yeah. Uh, and so donna um comes into wit's end and mm -hmm. her and wit are gonna go visit karen in the hospital which love yeah yeah it is one of those things where it's like i don't know why this is wit yeah but how smith is incredible here so i'm like like could it be george sure am i upset that they went to how? No, no, not even slightly. Like not I think, even a little I think, bit. I think it's fantastic. There's just like that little bit of like story resistance where I'm like, man, why, why is it wit? And it's like, all oh, right, because it's a show about wit. But I, like, yeah, yeah. Well, especially in the early days. I think especially the fact that it is wit in the sense that wit is seen as smarter than the parents a lot of the times because he mm, gives them advice. Sure. You know, his uh inability to you know Mm. rationalize what has happened at the end i think makes it all the more impactful in a way that like if it was apparent it would feel honest but because it's wit it feels honest and also true Mm. like just like objectively like well he would know right wit is truth and he doesn't so (laughs) yeah and so so they were walking down the walking down the street wit is whistling Mm-hmm. which i wish happened more often love it i love a whistling wit yeah um and and yeah donna just starts talking about being 
being nervous. Um, she, you know, she doesn't like hospitals. Mm-hmm. The kids said that, like, you know, people with cancer look, like, Weird. bad. Yeah. And that, and she's like, this is my best friend, and I don't know how to deal with it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that it's wit throughout this episode doesn't push back no and that is a thing that we criticize him for a lot yes (laughs) and they yeah mccusker in writing this just did an excellent job of he very much like yes ands throughout he's very aware and in tune with their pain Mm -hmm. but doesn't just settle in that like Mm -hmm. keeps things moving yeah you know has a conversation but it doesn't feel corrective or prescriptive yeah it doesn't feel like well this is a problem that things have happened for for thousands of years and this is how christians should deal with it so go do that you know and they and mccusker has the grace to like as we go on to let characters i mean both karen and donna come to their own conclusions without wit laying down the wall. Exactly. Which is very good. Well, and and that's what should be modeled for kids, especially in times of grief. I mean, and adults as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Changes that somebody forces onto you can be incredibly effective. Changes that you independently bring on yourself are the ones that change you, like, as a person. Yeah. And so... And so yeah, they get they get to the hospital and they they go in and Wit is Yeah, Wit both Wit and Karen are just playing it super cheery. Mm, yeah, Wit's like you look great. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, in a way God. but not in a way that feels disingenuous. No. But no. in a way that is just it's bringing levity to the situation mm-hmm. and Karen is incredible at that throughout oh my gosh yeah and yeah she talks about like you know they bring her books and she's like you know i was if i had to watch one more soap opera game show i would have thrown you know yeah my water jug at the tv yeah like and amen honestly <laughs> I, and yeah yeah and she talks about missing missing school mm-hmm. um and about how bad hospital food is yeah my um, marbles with her peas with her roommate yes who's your mrs. roommate murray. mrs murray the delightful yeah. she, older she lady pipes in from the other from the other uh curtain <laughs> yeah from behind the curtain they pull a curtain open and she immediately hits on wit oh yeah it's incredible well, i didn't realize your guest would be so handsome <laughs> and i'm like wait a minute what's happening here <laughs> oh man your wit is a babe yeah. magnet <laughs> yeah yeah and so they're just they're yeah they're chatting donna is slowly warming up mm-hmm. to being in this room yeah and like she never feels 100 percent comfortable but she engages like, yeah exactly but she's not withdrawn which would definitely like i don't know be no. my move as a child like, yeah I, well I had a very like it's yeah stuff like that is hard to engage with even now oh stuff like that is hard to engage with and i think nowadays i take much more of a wit approach i'm i am i mean you know me Mm -hmm. listeners you might know me like (laughs) i will always try to 
lighten the mood if I can. Yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. especially when things are hard. The The two options that I have in my arsenal are joke mm-hmm. or, like, ask people how they are feeling about the thing that they just said. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, like okay, and, like, how are you feeling about that? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Like, not yeah. not to just lay all my cards on the table. I'm, I, when I say those things to you, uh, He Andrew, does mean them. I do mean them. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, if you ever come to me with bad, bad news, I will either try and lighten it or I will try and figure out how that is affecting you because news in the abstract I can't operate with. Yeah, of course. No, and that's very smart and helpful, and I feel like... Yeah, that is the mark of somebody that's there just to help the other people. Like, you're not there for your own gratification. You're not there for um, any sort of obligation or there's no resentment. You're just, you're there and you want the best and you realize that that looks the ways that you just described. Sure, and it's also that it's the piece of, I am just learning of this news. Mm -hmm. So my processing has just begun and I Mm. process slowly. Yeah. But you are sharing this with me. You have been thinking about this mm-hmm. prior to sharing it with me. So how has it affected you up till now is like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like such just a, a key way to talk through something with someone who's having a hard time. And depending on the relationship with them and the weight of the news and whatnot, sometimes I just flat out ask, are you wanting to talk through this or do you just need a distraction? Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. That's a I great can question. go into yeah. joke mode or yeah. I can go into talk through it mode. Sometimes you can intuit that, but sometimes if you've got a good enough relationship with the person, why bother? True. Like, true. You can just level with them and just yeah. be like, hey, you don't what do need you, to do What do you want from this? <laughs> yeah. Because I've got two modes I can very easily slip into here. And I'm happy to be whomever to you that you need in this moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a, uh, you know, you contain multitudes, and some of which are more beneficial at certain times than others. Yeah. I, I have one offering for you to add to your to your uh, mm. your grief support re- repertoire. Yeah. Um, food. Uh. <laughs> Talk about food. Bring food. Just. See what their experience with food has been like, you know. <laughs> I've always found it's a safe. Like, oh, has the food? And the food here looks good. You know, there's another place where the food's not great. Like, right, but right. I mean, that that lands into like the light knit distraction yeah, exactly. kind of mode, exactly. Versus yeah. the engage it head on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, and so yeah, there's just there's good interactions all around here. Mm-hmm. The room has a levity to it. Karen is is not is not viewing this as a permanent like nobody's viewing this as a permanent thing yeah they are all i think necessarily for where she's at with things you just gotta play it as this is where we're at at the moment but that's gonna change Mm -hmm. um and yeah and we kind of go out on the yeah they they end up leaving or sorry do you have well, on their way out, they kind of talk about the experience with and uh, Donna. Okay, and so with... before that, oh, I want to okay. make one comment, which okay. is which is as they're wrapping up to head out, they they 
talk about, oh, you know, maybe next time we'll, we'll bring food or something. And Miss, <laughs> right. And Mrs. Murray says, bring me a cake with a file in it, <laughs> which Wit well, and Donna laugh at, which is a good joke, but is not a thing I understood as a child listening to this episode. No. Is that from a movie? No, I mean, it's just the classic, it's the, like, like, breakout right. prison. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if that was a, uh, how the heck did Donna get this joke? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's referencing anything specific. I think it's very, like, you know. Yeah, get me out of here. Right. Ha ha. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, which is, which is funny, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing that I never understood until just now. <laughs> until, uh, um, until on your lunch break. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of pieces from this interaction that are like glued in my mind and whatnot. Even the, you know what they say about hospital food? Yeah, it's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was like, but you didn't actually, as a child, I'm like, but you didn't actually tell me what they think. Is playing peas? Is playing marbles with your peas a bad thing? That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah, obviously, the the joke is that the peas are hard, but it's mm. fine. Um. The other thing is Karen insisting that she's going to get out of the hospital in time to do the fall show. Yeah, she wants um, she wants Donna to talk to the director, make sure she still gets her spot, like they don't get rid of it, which I, f- listening to this, thought, there's no way she's sick. They know she has cancer. They won't get rid of her spot. And then they cut to them like, trying to get rid of her spot. Yeah. Yeah, but you wanted to say something about them walking out that I cut oh, you out on. Yeah, no, I just wanted to I just wanted to mention that, you know, Wit does touch base with Donna on the way out, which is really good mm-hmm. to ch- check in and see how she's feeling mm-hmm. after all that. And Wit kind of has the thing of like, well, I, you know, I don't know how much we were able to help her, but like, I do feel better. Yeah. And that is sweet. And like, yes. I think that that's really. Yeah, I don't know how much we cheered her up, but I'm sure feeling better. Yeah. Where it's like, because of because they were all laughing and having a good time yeah. and Karen was not not defeated. No, yeah, exactly. Even though she is in adverse circumstances, she's not Yeah. She's not yeah, defeated I think is an excellent word. Mm. Yeah, but right. So then we then we go to to the fall show yeah. where david who is the child running the show <laughs> okay <is laughs> just going down the list and is like is like all right well we gotta cut care and she's <laughs> she's in the hospital she was supposed to dance she's not even the able show to stand must go on <laughs> and and the the teacher uh walker edmonston very graciously steps in well donna like yells across the room and yeah. the teacher's like look we gotta we, we'll, we'll figure out something for yeah. her. But even he is not no. <laughs> particularly positive. It is it is rough. He's like, well, I'll just have her read some poetry or something. Like, we'll just relegate her to that instead. Where I'm like, wait a minute. There is a child with a bone cancer who is very excited for this. Yeah. Yep. And y'all are going to treat her like an extra? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. It's It's brutal. Um, and but then um, Mr. Roth tells uh, Donna to say to Karen to hurry up and get well, which yeah. I thought was really sweet and it was yes. well delivered. Yep. And like it, yeah. it provides those little kind of a little bit of spice of perspective from everybody else going on. Mm. So you can really see that like 
not only are the people that we focus the most on having a hard time with this, but this is like a really big thing for everybody. Right. And depending right, right. on what You're happens with small, Connie in the next episode, it might community. even be, you know, like, reinforced yeah. by that. Yeah. And then this is the scene that this is the first scene of a few that wrecked me. This is Oh gosh. Yeah. This is Donna and Mary. Mm-hmm. And they are walking to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she breaks the news that, like, it came back harder mm-hmm. than they were expecting. You know how cancer it is. How cancer is. Like, you have to stop it before it spreads. Mm-hmm. You know, they amputated Karen's leg. Yeah. And it is... It is such a good, I mean, it's it's an incredible performance from Patricia Albrecht mm-hmm. as Mary in this scene. I think, I, and that's not to say, like, I think Azure Janowski is, as Donna does a very good job responding to that. Oh, but yeah. It is the, yeah, it is the brutalness of this scene is like even if you haven't heard this episode you know as an emotionally intelligent adult Mm -hmm. exactly where this conversation is going from moment one yeah oh yeah like it is you're just like like they're in a waiting room (laughs) she's got mom tone yeah this is gonna she's got gentle mom tone which means she's not mad she has bad news (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it's so rough. It is. But but yeah, and yeah, just the performances throughout this episode are incredible. But mm-hmm. they they get into the room and yeah, and Karen is just like rolling with the punches. Yeah. Like she is yeah, not in unfazed. Good. Right, like obviously not like she lost a leg yeah yeah like this is not good things are not looking positive but she has she is keeping up her energy Mm -hmm. and her tone and yeah she talks about like all the packages and stuff that are came and is like Mm -hmm. this is better than christmas Mm -hmm. um and yeah at one point like yeah, feels like a shot of pain, and they're like, we can go. And she's like, no, 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 like, stay. Oh, stay. my gosh, that line. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, goodness. And, and then she just says, oh, that just happens sometimes. Yep. And I'm just like, she's already resigned yeah. to her new, like, reality. Yeah. And, yeah, she she talks about, she talks about, like, um what like still like she's she's not gonna be able to dance for the play mm-hmm. um so she's decided instead that she's gonna do cartwheels yeah yeah she makes the joke and donna's like oh my gosh are you kidding me like, and... i can't i can't deal with yeah your jokes like i see that you're rolling with this but like i am still in shock and not ha- handling it well and she's mm-hmm. like she's like no i'm still gonna do the show in some way um and then she tells her well oh, oh go ahead uh, even before the dream, which is important, and I'll let you recap in a moment. I think there's this—is is that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's this great moment, I think, where she talks about 
like how her brain hasn't quite figured out that her leg isn't there. Oh, yeah. She like Mm -hmm. still reaches down, scratches it. And it's just like that is an incredible thing to explain to kids psychosomatic sensations there's my medical input <laughs> right but like, like this is a very yeah. real thing phantom pain right and the fact that the show like takes the moment to mm-hmm. like it is not the focus of this episode by any means like the, the the dream is going to be way more like why they made this episode yeah but the fact that there is that much care in it to explain this thing to children when nobody was asking for that mm-hmm. just makes me so happy. It's like a it's a beautiful little diversion in the episode that But it doesn't even feel like a diversion. No, exactly. But it just it means it means so much. It makes this feel so real. It mm-hmm. strips away. It makes this a it makes this a portrayal of someone who is going through a thing rather than a parable. Mm, yeah. Well, because you're you're able to keep up with her responses during the various stages of of you know her cancer and everything. Yep. And yeah, no, it. I I definitely agree, and they totally didn't have to. Like <laughs> right. Like the this is definitely just peppered in there, but. It, it 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 educates children as to what that looks like. It also relates to kids who may understand what that is because of their own experience and validates that. Um, and yeah, but it it also like adds a bit of you know metaphorical black to the color palette that you're making. You know, it's it doesn't overtake it or anything like that but it provides a bit of depth there um that really i think heightens it benefits it benefits the whole episode and where they're going with it um yeah yeah and we also we also find out during this is the scene where it comes out or like donna is yeah donna is taking care of ferguson yes. karen's cat mm-hmm. um while she's in the hospital because karen's talking about like my How's parents ferguson? are yeah she's but she's like my parents are either here or at work mm-hmm. like they don't have time for him mm-hmm. and that is once again just like horrible realities of the situation mm-hmm. very clearly incredibly peppered in <laughs> right just just that are just there but it even though he's not a credited writer, mm-hmm. Chuck Bolte on this episode, like even though it's credited to McCusker, he's obviously executive producing. This is a story inspired by his experience, right? The experiences of those around him and by proxy him. And you can tell this is, yeah, that this is being written from a place of actual knowledge and experience. Yes. 100% which Odyssey notoriously doesn't always do yeah, yeah. but but they or, really when they do they knock it out yeah. of the park yep yeah I mean we, we, we talked about it during Pastor George Barclay stuff mm-hmm. a lot of just like engaging with people who were pastors kids and who yeah and pastors families and just like all the dynamics of that um, but like yeah they, they, they have the capacity to do it and it's it's so clear and beautiful and well 
played out here. Um, just how much, yeah, how much they have inside knowledge and are able to sprinkle in nuance and reality mm-hmm. um, into this episode. And then we get to the dream. The dream. So Karen has a dream that um, Jesus is healing people and uh, and Jesus is goes and talks to her and says that she well, is. He doesn't heal everyone. No. And he says to he says to a bunch of these people, like, you know, I've got something better for you. Yes. And then he turns to her and Donna's like, He turned to you like like mm-hmm. they do like that. Yeah, and Jesus said, and Karen, or I have something better for you too, Karen. Yeah. And I'm like, Wow. Yeah. Has anything like that ever happened to you in a dream? No, I my my dreams are very, very very boring yeah i don't don't have any (laughs) the the closest thing i have was like i had like a wake in the middle of the night like clarity where Mm -hmm. i was like there was a a decision that like wasn't even really on my radar as a decision just something i kind of written off as like no that's not happening Mm -hmm. and then i like woke up in the middle of the night with the like Oh crap! I think I got to do this. Mm. Um, and then that's how the podcast started, isn't it? <laughs> you're not that far off, um, but but yeah. But then it just right. So then that snowballed into conversations and whatnot that then led to that thing actually happening. Um, but that's not yeah. By no means not to this, this level. No, but no. yeah, I, this is the thing that that people do have experiences with. Mm. And I, I'm not one of those people. I don't know that I really know anybody who has those types of dreams personally, but yeah. I've definitely listened to a handful of sermons where pastors have sure. talked about you, you hear about this kind of story and it works well as a, as a story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. And, and I love like this version of it versus like the heaven is for real or whatever <laughs> like this is a yeah they 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 make this pretty palatable and yeah. it's, it doesn't i think partially because of Karen's attitude and whatever up to this point this doesn't feel like it is some outside force intervening no like this does feel like it's coming from within whether you take that you know is it's her subconscious coming to terms whether you take that holy spirit divine Mm -hmm. intervention yeah however but it's not like there's some external force that then makes some radical change in Mm -hmm. her life yeah it is very much like her coming to terms with this thing Mm -hmm. and it happening it's like there's not any new information here that she no. didn't have before. No. It's just a clarity. Yeah, it's clarity and it's it's perspective shift. It's right. It's the what this episode is trying to say, and as it engages with death, which is that death sucks. Lots of people die, and it's bad. We cannot do anything much about that. But that's not all of it. And praise God, because we believe in something bigger and better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, 
the other thing just throughout this score and whatever this is not a john or without this throughout this episode the score is not a john campbell score what yeah it's a guy named marty uh ichito who did uh like has like you know 50 maybe scores mm-hmm. from like you know the first couple years of odyssey to his name mm-hmm. um any other major like hospital episodes that you recognized no <laughs> okay <nothing. laughs> like, i don't I, I think the only other episode that we had covered that he had scored was last week's episode oh okay, okay. um but it is a it's a great yeah. score <laughs> and it yeah is i mean it just hammers home the emotion mm-hmm. in that way that like music can do so well well especially like late 80s early 90s you know synth does where it's just it's so dramatic and uh almost romantic in the in the larger than life Mm -hmm. sense yeah capital r romantic yes yeah Um, and then right and then we go to the talent show or the fall show or whatever the fall festival (laughs) um and there are we get once again like our our kids from the beginning mm-hmm. are sitting in the back in the back of the auditorium chatting about this and talking about like oh i guess karen's gonna be out here like i heard like she has to wear a hat now um because you know the chemo makes all your hair go away and um yeah she's not gonna she's not gonna dance like they just kind of get us up to speed in yeah. a way that feels not irreverent but not like horribly so Mm -hmm. it just feels this is the way kids talk yeah exactly they're they're, they don't understand the full offensive but they're not coming at it with the weight that everyone else is Is they don't have the direct connection this is just like a you know human interest story in their lives yeah they're the the statler and waldorf or whatever for all you muppet fans um there is mention of a nut roll on the topic of food, is that a sticky bun? A nut roll, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Chalk Squad, if you know the difference, please tell me. Yeah, I've not I heard of a... I am not able to Google. I'm so sorry. i a nut roll. But, but yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Karen Karen comes out onto stage. Oh, my God. Yep. I'm going to knock over my microphone. And is like, I, you know... <laughs> I was going to dance, but, you know, as you can see, that's... I left my dancing shoes at home. home. Awkward chuckle. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Love, love that she made the joke, though. Killer. Yeah. Yeah. That is a bamf move yeah. right there. Yeah. Oh, there's a great moment with the kids in the back of the auditorium where they're like, she's faster on crutches than she ever was on both legs. <laughs> yeah. Which is pure kids, and I love yeah. it. But, but yeah, I left, left my dancing shoes at home. Um, and then she says, and I was going to sing, but I just kept getting, like, the, I couldn't get the words to come out right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read the words to a hymn that my grandfather used to read to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he dedicated it to a roommate. Yeah. Mrs. Yep. Murray. I know. And I'm like, I don't know if that is, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, are we supposed to take away that Mrs. Murray has passed? Uh, I don't know. That that's what I I am not clear on this either. It might be a Mrs. Murray is still stuck in the hospital, <laughs> and so this is like her getting to be out. But I also could read it as she has passed. It doesn't matter. Um, but I was just curious about your your side of things. No, yeah, maybe it's a like a tribute to her 
incarcerated <laughs> friend. Uh, but yeah. A very meek mill thing to do. But yeah, then, right, so she decides to recite this this hymn, not sing it, just speak it aloud, that her that her grandfather read, and it is, yeah, it's chilling. It's devastating. Chilling. <laughs> Chilling feels like a bit of an yeah. understatement no, for that's me. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, when I heard it, I, yeah, it's just, it's so beautiful and the way that hymns are. Um, would you mind if we read it today, Dylan? Yeah, yeah, right. we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep it together, but, but yeah, let's, let's, okay. let's do it. In the land of fadeless day lies the city four square. It shall never pass away, and there is no night there. All the gates of pearl are made. In the city four square, all the streets with gold are laid, and there is no night there. All the gates shall never close to the city four square. There's life's crystal river flows, and there is no night there. There they need no sunshine bright in that city four square, for the lamb is all the light, and there is no night there. God shall wipe away all tears. There's no death, no pain, nor fears. And they count not time by years, for there is no night there. You are allowed to cry now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's it's beautiful. I love me a hymn. It yeah, Chef's kiss to that decision. Um, I <laughs> I wonder what it must have been like for Chuck bolty to make this episode and include this portion of it whether because that wasn't most likely something that happened sure in his experience uh how that impacted him yeah well and for sage bolty to read that aloud Mm -hmm. yeah having it it having been her friend yeah well and you can hear it in her voice in a way like Oh, this is, like, it's the first moment where we hear the, like, Karen tone shift. Yeah. Like, we get glimpses of it throughout Mm -hmm. when she kind of makes the passing comment about the pain or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is, this is her really, yeah, really punching hard. And it's, yeah. There's a there's a bit of Eastern philosophy that suggests that you are only your most alive when you are the closest to your death because you appreciate being alive the most. And I think the tonal shift is a bit emblematic of that, mm. where it's like she feels almost mythical because mm. she is so alive and so present despite everything that would try to take that away from her. Yeah, I mean, even the way the kids are talking about her Mm -hmm. the way yeah it's just all and there is no right there or no (laughs) no night there my uh my note is oof right in the feels and that is a gross understatement yeah yeah and then right and then she's back in the hospital in the hospital again Mm -hmm. um we have our one our one scene with with connie where Mm -hmm. she just she cries out and she's like i don't understand how a girl alive as Karen is could get cancer. It's just mm. not right. Mm. And Wit goes and is like, I don't understand it either. All caps. Like, Wit admits he doesn't know. Like, I just 
at times like this, I just have to hang on my on onto my faith and trust that God is in control. Mm. And that's yeah, I mean that's that's the option. Yeah, at least in my life, I'm yeah for for people who have other solutions out there. Um, yeah, hope they're constructive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and yeah if you yeah i don't know if you don't give this one a spin i guess but like yeah that is just Mm. it's yeah it's brutal and i'm like i'm not i haven't had a lot of i've not had a lot of loss that is particularly close to me Mm. um i that is as most things do grows with passing years Mm -hmm. um but but yeah i mean the yeah my the closest my my grandfather um that's Mm. a couple years ago now um pre pre pre-podcast no 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 we we recorded during that time yeah like that um yeah it was oh yes i do remember i do remember now yeah, he was he was fairly old, so it wasn't I, I I imagine grappling with that is way harder when they are young. Mm, yeah. He yeah, it it came um it was not really on our radar. He was doing fine ish. Um, had always struggled with some health stuff, but was like in good shape and mm-hmm. basically, yeah, over the course of a month, mm-hmm. just went. Yep. And it was, so it was, it was, it did not have that abruptness. Mm. I think myself, the rest of my family were all able to make peace with it pretty well, mm-hmm. knowing that. Knowing his age, the life he lived, the faith he held, mm. made it all easier. The fact that we could all do it together as a family made mm. it easier. But I was, I was very, like, and I didn't have an incredible relationship with my grandfather, but like, you know, I knew him my whole life. Yeah, he was. 20 minutes away mm-hmm. spent a lot of time over there was there um a couple months prior to his passing um slightly frustrated at a computer situation that i was dealing with on oh that, yeah i think where i remember you talking to me about didn't that didn't yeah. know their password for their google account <laughs> and it was a nightmare um <laughs> and yeah i spent like two evenings immediately after work there and it and just went on and didn't feel like it had any conclusion but like oh so glad i had that time yeah like that was that was in august he passed in october like Mm -hmm. that was yeah um so yeah there was just a lot over the years but it's like that even that being yeah my closest encounter with with death was like kind of as ideal as it could be 
but still world breaking a little oh, bit. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah not, not, not comfortable. No, no, no. But I'm just like to be grappling with it as a child when mm-hmm. the person is also a child. Yeah. To be grappling with it as adults when this person is a child. Like all mm-hmm. of that is just like, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. Uh, I'll keep it short, but when I was 11, I want to say, maybe 12 at the time, um, I was playing on a travel soccer team, like a club soccer team that was an age bracket older than me, um, and one of my teammates killed himself, but he was like 13, um, and that was like the first time I knew, like, one, it wasn't the first time somebody I knew had died, because like I had a neighbor who died pretty young. Uh, but I was definitely old enough then to really compre, not really comprehend it, but to appreciate fully how freak of an occurrence what had happened was and how devastating of a loss it is that he was no longer there. And even though like, he wasn't somebody I was close with, it was just, a you know, he was just a teammate. Um, but that was like a really good example of like in my life adults had no clue as to what to do or how to explain a 12 year old who was you know on a travel soccer team killing himself um but yeah no it it makes it take on a different level um and even then it wasn't until like my grandfather died and that was very sudden and i was older i was in sixth grade when that happened um that death went from something that was on TV or in Odyssey to like, no, this is what actually it feels like to lose somebody because they're gone. Like there's a certain amounts of death's permanence that you can't really appreciate until you, until you have that personal encounter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, Hmm. I recorded it mockingly because my grandfather was famous for long uh drawn out prayers often somewhat politically charged speeches and prayers at um at uh like uh family gatherings and whatnot a couple couple times a year that were yeah that we would chuckle at and make fun of and just be there was always a couple good nuggets, but also a bunch of stuff around it where we were just like, what is, what is what happening? Is happening? <laughs> um, and so the, yeah, the Christmas before, before he passed, I, yeah. And uh, so I could share it with people because I couldn't wrap my head. Like I always, yeah. I'm like, I can never you explain remember, you remember to you, you how for crazy me. this stuff is. <laughs> yeah. So I, I recorded it, and it's a boy, gym. did I record it. And, like, that is, that's my grandfather's voice, and I'll have that forever. And in some ways, I mean, it, it is, it's a real memory of him. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's got bad, it's got good, but it, it also has the entire, like, the extended family in the kitchen, acapella, singing, um, joy to the world really and because that's so beautiful the, he literally like didn't take a breath be- in the transition 
And so I couldn't, like, I didn't pull out the phone to stop the recording. Yeah. And so I've got, like, I've got that forever. Wow. Um, That's so cool. And so, yeah, uh, reading hymns, you know. Reading hymns. We come full circle. And that's just. Reading hymns. Yeah. It's, it is brutal. But I I do, I do think it's really powerful that we live in an age in which we can preserve little Mm. nuggets like that long term. Yep. For I, I the ways that it is, might there there might be slightly morbid. I really do just appreciate it, yeah. and like, I will yeah. never delete all of the voicemails my grandmother has mm-hmm. left me on the off chance that I need that. <laughs> like, yeah. I will yeah. need to have an audio clip of her voice for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 I I hope that I hope that there is yeah that this episode functioned as that to an extent mm. for the Baltis. Mm. Yeah. Like I I hope that this yeah, I don't know, is part of their processing through and healing from it and yeah. Well a triumph. You know, I mean you can't you can't defeat those feelings, but you can you can acknowledge them and you can embrace them as a part of yourself and yeah. move forward with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Donna comes running in mm-hmm. to announce that Ferguson has run away mm-hmm. and she's just in a panic. Um, and her and Wit go to, to visit Karen and mm-hmm. she's just so on edge about it and just kind of bursts out of you know about it and and karen just kind of chuckles and is like ah ferguson he always runs away when you need him most just run the can opener and he'll He'll come come running yeah like yeah and then she she, sounds like she could be 80 like you could have you could have taken those words and put them in an 80 year old person who's dying of cancer's mouth like the energy is really gone from karen at this point like she is putting up a face but you can see the cracks and just her exhaustion mm. um and yeah she she talks about the fact that she she had the dream again um and that she's pretty sure the doctors think she's gonna die yeah but she's okay with that <sighs> and yeah and then she asks donna to to keep ferguson mm-hmm. um yeah and she talked about having the dream again mm-hmm. um where you know jesus was comforting her and saying that there was something good waiting for her um and donna talks to her or karen kind of comforts donna saying that you know we'll, we'll see each other again and right. we'll have all of eternity to be friends mm-hmm. yeah which is such a beautiful sentiment mm. and yeah. is really the closest thing I feel like to optimism that you can muster in, in such mm. deeply unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. But in, in her defense, like that is Christianity mm. in my opinion. It is the undying hope. Mm. It is the unkillable hope for redemption and restoration um that we have in jesus yeah amen 
I how do we even finish this podcast? She hasn't even died yet. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, so so, but the, that's the thing is the is we literally we jump past that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we jump past the funeral, and it's Wit and Donna talking about it and talking about the funeral mm-hmm. and how you know Donna says like I think Karen would have liked it, mm-hmm. like it was, it wasn't sad. It really did feel like a you know celebration like it was like we were remembering her fondly it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't tragic and and wait you know says like you know karen was right you know like we'll we'll see her again mm-hmm. um and he he quotes from from first corinthians 5 um just this this little little piece about um oh gosh it's the And he and he quotes from from First Corinthians five, um, saying, "You know, where O death is your victory, where mm-hmm. O death is your sting, is your sting." Um, thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And um, yeah, before we uh, before we conclude. Which the episode's not quite over yet, but we're we're about at sure, the end. There is of it. a scene, yeah, or a um, moment. Yeah, there is a moment. Um, Karen describes death as like a door, and on the mm. other side, it's warm and filled with God. Mm. How how does hearing that make you feel, and how do you feel about that understanding of death? I I think I think it's very emotionally resonant. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that that yeah that the idea that yeah that she's passing through to something else and that something else is like the warm and full of light is so good yeah like just this idea that it's like i am i'm leaving behind her world which has become cold and dark mm. as she has like continued to go through this as yeah. her as yeah she's just been beaten down by this fight Mm -hmm. um to then yeah to then have that that thought that it's like out there Mm -hmm. beyond like there is it's beyond understanding right there's 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 something there's something still out there for me there's something to come and it is good Mm. amen yeah no i I really agree, and I deeply appreciated that particular metaphor of being mm. used and when talking about death. Um, yeah, because I think I think it gives death more dignity, mm. and it gives death like it's it is it it feels like an injustice that she is dying so tragically young, which it it is to a certain extent. But you know, death is universal to, in the sense that everybody does experience it, and yeah, it, which by Karen fra- says at some point, she's yeah, like, yeah, die like, too, too someday, yeah, exactly. And it, it gives death a bit of dignity, where it's like, yeah, this is just, this is just the uh, the side of the apple that they don't face towards the customers because it's a little bit more bruised and ugly, but it's it's still there and it's still, you know, still important. And yeah, I, I definitely do appreciate it. Um, that being said, the, the last little bit 
is uh, Connie busts in on on uh, Donna and Wit in the Bible room saying that Ferguson was out in She's the like, alley. What what am I supposed to do with this cat? And Donna's like, it's Ferguson. He yeah. came back. And yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's this lovely note. But in, again, incredibly well written. Ferguson ran away. Ferguson's coming back. I, as a listener, I wasn't thinking about Ferguson at this point in time. I was distracted <laughs> yeah. thoroughly by my tears. Yeah. So, uh, but it, right, it's coming back in. And on an up note. Yeah, exactly. That does not negate the down note. Correct. Which is yes. the thing. <laughs> and is not like grin and bearing the down note or yeah. putting a positive spin on the down note. But it's like, no, here is like an actual tangible positive thing that we can end on oh yeah oh well okay maybe i'm not quite done there's there's um she says that she's afraid that she'll forget karen Mm. which is a very yes right which is of course when ferguson comes in yeah yeah now you've got something to remember her by Mm -hmm. but yeah that is brutal oh my word where she's like i i don't want to stop missing her because that feels like i lost it right yep grief man yeah it's not it's it's a sticky wicket (laughs) unfortunately um yeah yeah oh there's just there's so much good throughout this episode it is yeah, yeah it's really really incredible well and i think you know to kind of put my my feelings in summation because they had the first-hand experience, this translates so, so well. And Odyssey being able to tell this kind of a story so effectively um, and maturely is a testament to the like one of the highest highs that the show can have, which is making something that, you know, even Disney Channel is not going to really want to touch and making it beneficial and constructive and real and also humorous at times for kids yeah 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 it's just it's it is just so well handled show me the episode of hannah montana where lily dies of leukemia okay it doesn't happen like yeah it's yeah it's yeah Uh, yeah dylan what are your closing thoughts on this episode yeah i just i am it's kind of a magic trick that this works and i think that it's and i think it only i think that or i think a large part of why it works is because of the genuine love and experience poured into this yeah that this is real things that happen to real people maybe not in this way but but it's coming from a real place and it's also coming from a place where it's like everyone like the people involved with this have experienced loss and experienced closure of some sort mm-hmm. and have and know where their hope lies and they are portraying that to an audience very well they are not talking down to kids for nope. a moment but they are making this accessible to them mm-hmm yeah and i'm yeah and i'm really i'm really amazed um by it i wonder if it's wild success 
and kind of magic trick nature is why they haven't tried to do more of this stuff. Mm. And I know they have done it in certain ways, but I feel like since this episode, there really isn't like the mortal coil episode a little bit, but we'll, if we ever talk about that, we'll get into the more that perspective. This is a very humanistic perspective on death. And, uh, yeah, it's. It, I think it might just be lightning in a bottle, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's it's really incredible, um, and uh, if it's if it's fine by you, mm-hmm. um, rather than plugs this week, um, I just wanted to uh, shout out the research done by St. Jude's uh, Hospital Research Heck, yeah. Hospital in um, Big Love St. Um, Jude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 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 Tennessee, and just the incredible work that they do there um, to yeah try and put an end to this. They have therapies now that probably would have saved Karen's life. Yeah, they have, and, especially for bone cancer, because mm-hmm. I I did meet somebody who had that as a child, and she was able to go to Philly and get it taken care of it was expensive it was a long brutal process but yeah yeah shout shout outs to the people that do the work that makes that happen because yeah Yeah, they don't have their own podcasts and they should (laughs) and it's like saint saint jude's is not just the research but is also helping with funding Mm -hmm. and support groups and counseling and all of the things yeah involved therein um and so yeah i just want to give a a plug for them i will throw a link to donate in the show notes Um, yeah and yeah we can go out on that um Mm -hmm. and uh next week we're going to talk about connie part one i'm sure this will have no influence on that episode whatsoever uh, (laughs) so yeah join join us for that in a week bye guys bye Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Karen is hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.